Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh, and very special guest this week. So happy to have our friend Sam from the Absent Friend Shadowcast back on the podcast. Good Ooh. evening. Yeah. Ooh, spookifying. Yes. I'm scared yes. already. Absolutely. <laughs> really frightening moment. <laughs> We're recording this at an extra weird time so we could have Sam on board. We're doing this Sunday, October 25th. I won't bother putting this up until the more normal Wednesday or Thursday. So who knows what could happen in the next three or four days. No idea. As we stand now, like everybody, haven't been told good or bad news. I had heard something about being pushed back to November 21st. Mm -hmm. But I think that was mixed information. Andrew was saying that. About we're closing the border still till okay. November 21st yeah. or I, something else. But I just want to throw Andrew under the bus because anyway, he's not here to say it wasn't Freaking him. Andrew. So I knew it was him even when it wasn't. So hopefully we'll, well be do back. Do you have any news about So I'm no. entirely out of the loop okay. because I'm a resident of Quebec and Quebec has mm. different <laughs> Quebec different Mad Max. Basically. So I don't know what's what over here. Yeah, in Ontario, Man, are the but... multiplexes still open? No, in Quebec? No, no. Okay, it's, so everything's basically also locked down in yeah. Quebec, depending by region. But no, it's basically the same deal, especially across the river. I mean, how could it be two? two but dates are all whacked. So yeah, yeah, I have no idea. And I know we do have listeners as far away as Los Angeles in the UK. So for those not in the know, Ottawa is, although not officially, is like kind of a twin city. Like yes. St. Paul in mm-hmm. Minnesota, where Ottawa and Gatineau, Quebec are a walking distance bridge away from each other, but two very different cities. It, Under it's... two different sets of provincial laws as mm-hmm. well, yes. So during this bizarre year, there's been all kinds of different... Fiascos. Fiascos, police <laughs> rules, restaurant rules. Bridge rules. Bridge rules. Simplicity oh, yeah. of so many people live in one province... And work in the other, mm-hmm. so that's been all kinds of trouble. A huge thing. So yeah, it's been it's been something. <laughs> yeah, puzzling to say the least. So the rules right now is we went into lockdown part two on God what October fifth. Yeah, the sequel's never as good. I no. Think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it must have been October fifth or sixth. That was a month, so that would theoretically go till November seventh. Ottawa on a sliding scale of horrible news. I know is getting better. The numbers in Toronto are still Yeah, the terrifying. Ontario numbers are bad. But Ontario ours, in general is bad. Yeah. So Lovely. I don't know if we will get a gold star of like, you guys can do it. Or if the whole province will just continue to be... Is it the whole province though? Or is it parts it's of... It's pockets, I guess, that's right? That's what I thought, yeah. There's some small town, I can't remember where... Where the headline was, we're fine. And I think it's because... <laughs> Those jerks. <laughs> yeah, essentially. I think because it's small one-horse town. Yes. They did a very good job about following all the rules. And they've got zero cases. But it's not a million-person city. It's, Of you course. Know. Five people. Good for them. So for us, we're just waiting. And kind of like last time, we're not privy to... We don't get a letter from somebody a week in advance no of course not when we went back into lockdown immediately you're immediately lockdown. yeah yes. it was like yes tonight at midnight we go back into lockdown so we did our last day of movies the next day we had a midnight secret cinema scheduled so if they had said close on the saturday we would have had to have kicked everybody out after the nine o'clock movie and just said wow. we're not doing a cinema like, that sucks. Or are we? It's or a secret. We? Yeah. No, no, we're not. No. But maybe. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. <laughs> it's our last fun. But that was the weird thing, and which makes it feel more apocalyptic. Well, of course. Is it yeah. wasn't, hey, everybody, two weeks from now, let's start doing a new rule. It was now. 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 Yes. And I did a few interviews right around then. And I was saying that I could tell they were trying to lead me into panic. Instead of saying, what are your feelings? What happened today? You know, being journalistic, they were, are you upset with the government? Are you upset with people for not following the rules? Like they wanted me to repeat their sentence. Don't you hate pants? (laughs) (laughs) Are you now or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? It's like these interviews are getting especially weird. But So the more I thought about that, like in the days after, I was like, I'm upset about how that went. Luckily, I've done a few interviews since then. (laughs) 
slagging the first interview, hopefully. Yeah, just, just try. No, <laughs> you know who it sucks? Was, it was much nicer. I did a radio interview today, and it felt much more NPR, mm. nice female voice, telling happy stories, wanting to know about us selling the seats and the funny stuff like selling name tags on the bathroom stalls. And, mm-hmm. and everybody, like, social media is a train wreck for most people. Mayfair, we've done a really good job of curating it down to nice people saying nice things about us. Yeah. As you should. <laughs> for the most part. I will say, though, that as soon as anything happens Mayfair-related, half of the city gets in contact with me. Oh, and right, so yeah. <laughs> I was made aware the second you were interviewed today okay, by, yeah. like, a bunch of people. And I was like, thank you. Thank you're like an great. ambassador. <laughs> Apparently so, but no, it's a beautiful little interview. And I will put it on our social media tomorrow when I have a spare moment because modern radio, I think very smart, is they kind of podcast themselves. Yes. Side story, I find radio so interesting that they're still kind of hanging on there because imagine listening to your favorite radio show pre-iPod, pre-podcast, even something really big and popular, you know, listening to Howard Stern, mm-hmm. and it's like a three-hour show, and you drive to work, and then you're getting out of your car, well, that's it. You can't get it. You don't get the rest no. of the show. Whereas a podcast, if you're listening to us in your car, you pause it, and you can listen to more. And I find that so interesting with radio is that you got to be there. If you're listening to a radio play in the good old days, yeah. and the phone rings, you're screwed. hundred <laughs> percent. The good old days. The good old Man. days. Well, same with TV too. Like, it's just crazy to think that you're like, all right, unless I watch Simpsons at eight o'clock on Sunday, I'm screwed. That's I mean, good. most people don't care after season 10, but still the point remains. For sure. Well, that's what happened with War of the Worlds, right? Where Orson Welles did a radio play in which the opening line was, welcome to our radio play. We're going to do War of the Worlds. Just before we started rolling on this podcast, we were talking about truth stranger than fiction. And in War of the Worlds, there was something like X amount of the audience tuned in 20 minutes late because they were listening to the baseball game. So they turned the channel and all they heard was panic and gunfire and people who sounded like journalists saying something horrible was happening. And a great number of people, like I think hundreds, if not thousands, if not thousands, Assumed that there was an alien invasion. Yes, absolutely. And then got to the end of that hour, and if they were still paying attention, or half an hour, 90 minutes, whatever it was, and heard, thank you for listening, this is Orson Welles. <laughs> but for 40 <laughs> minutes, they thought it was the end of the world. All because they missed the beginning. The beginning. If that was a podcast, that wouldn't be a thing. It would be of like, course. I'm starting to listen to my podcast. Yeah, every every 20 minutes, it would be like, MailChimp.com. <laughs> yeah. you like, all right, yes, not dying. But doesn't that make it that much better, though? Mm. Oh, my God. For I, sure. Easily, yeah. Oh, God. I mean, panic. Well, what Panic was and aliens. one of our favorite two things? You know? Of like, course. <laughs> Sam, what was your first horror movie or like little kids seeing something scary on a TV show? And did it scare you or were you just, that's fine? So there are two movies that I saw early on that traumatized Good. Me, <laughs> and they literally scared scared me to pieces first off margaret hamilton as the wicked witch of the west and the wizard mm, of oz just sure. gave me nightmares forever and those flying monkeys were a little freaky <laughs> furthermore i forget his name but the judge in who framed roger rapid yeah, holy he hell he just said that that literally <laughs> that, while we were waiting for you to show up talking about this same thing and i was like well for sure who framed roger rabbit and the judge guy at the end yes. it's like terrifying it's horrifying or even the boot that yeah. gets liquefied God. um but no uh what's his name popping off of the cement after being steamrolled and Man. getting all 2d was a little a little much yeah a little much and then a little later on in life my father didn't really give a rat's ass what we would rent hmm. he'd just kind of like hey kids let's go to the video shop and you guys can pick something out and he let me rent the texas chainsaw massacre mm. When I was about six or seven, oh. I did not eat meat for the following couple weeks. Did you watch the whole thing? Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> oh, my God. Of course. Oh, that's a it very... was wonderful. I mean, uh, that's in my top 10 for sure. But like, I can't imagine I would not have lasted like 10 minutes. Well, I guess it explains a lot about where I am now. That's fair. Yes. <laughs> that's a very 1980s, 90s video store thing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Of It was a little bit of the Wild West eventually video stores got to be a bit more like no this is r-rated and you're 12 you can't have this but 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 the good old days of it 
Like, especially my first video store memory, it's all these stories make me sound like 106 years old, but we lived, you know, in a, in a little non-suburban, what once upon a time would have been the edge of Ottawa, but now is just the middle of Ottawa. For those who know Ottawa, I lived right near like San Laurent shopping center kind of area, which used to be, that's it. Like after that was other cities. <laughs> so that was kind of the suburbish almost, but we just had like a corner store, like a non-Max Milk corner store near the house. And I remember the VHS tapes and I was like a little, little kid and the little happy face signs for like rented or that kind of thing, mm. new release. And the older ones were, you know, 99 cents or a buck 99. But the 19 year old working there did not care if you were 11 years old and walking in and getting a Nightmare on Elm Street movie or Fright Night or whatever. They didn't care. No. Nah. And why should they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Another kid with a slightly different DNA strand would have been scarred for life. But instead, I embraced it, and now I am super desensitized. And like Gwen and I were watching a very good but very scary modern movie like Invisible Man, and she's jumping and hiding under the covers, and I'm just nothing. You got just, glasses on, taking notes. And stuff. Yeah, oh, and I'm just fine. But I said that's the difference between a horror kid and a kid who didn't watch horror movies. 100%. 100%. Yeah. That's so funny, the Roger Rabbit thing. Yeah, I know. Roger, <laughs> and that's a movie that I should re-watch as I haven't watched it since those days and no one ever talks about who framed roger rabbit what's wrong with it yeah oh, mike apparently it's the only time bugs bunny and mickey mouse ever met yeah i think right after that more and more stuff became not that they weren't big companies before but after that people just wanted to stop having fun they were like no nope, yeah, this is fun. ours <laughs> bastards it's like with comic books i think about this a lot because in my high school years there was a lot of fun crossovers and even in, like before i was born there was like big ticket items like superman meets spider-man and batman meets hulk and then just the tail end of my high school years and early college there was this big thing called amalgam where dc and marvel did a crossover mm. and actually merged universes so there was all kinds of goofy fun stuff like lobo the duck yeah, and like and, Batman had the Wolverine claws, I think. Yeah, yeah. and nice. it was like Wonder Woman and Storm, Spider-Man and Superboy. Oh, and, and H- was Hulk Superman? Was it that? Or what it was, was something Hulk? like that. Yeah. But they'll never do that for the foreseeable future because now it's like kids arguing over what, what to do trading cards with. Yes. They're like, well, if Wolverine does a crossover with Batman, Marvel will be like, I think Wolverine's more popular. And DC will be like, I think Batman's more popular. And they'll say, we get 70%. We get Yes. So that's the same kind of thing. It's hard to get that Roger Rabbit. I don't think Roger Rabbit, as we know it, could have happened now. Ever happened again? No, probably Cause, not. Because it was just the luck of saying like, yep, we have 30 different properties in this movie. We got Betty Boop and we yes. got Mickey. And we got, I don't know. It could never happen again. No, you know? I mean, uh, Ready Player One's probably the closest we'll get. And even that, yeah. you know, a lot of that was just the studio making it owned all the copyrights anyways. But I mean, I think there was like, there's, they were able to get like quite a bit of runoff on that too, which was nice. But I remember, I think my first horror movie, although it's not a movie and I was same thing, way too young to watch it. It's so weird to talk about nowadays. It's hard not to talk about without Michael Jackson coming into your brain for other reasons, but it was Thriller. Like Thriller yeah. was my first horror movie i believe i watched it as network television premiered it and i think thriller was essentially just an ad for the album yes like they were like we're gonna spend i think a ridiculous amount of mm-hmm. money like especially for the time probably the budget of an average movie in the early 80s if they said is five or ten million dollars i think the budget of thriller was like five million dollars for a half hour or 20 minute thing and I remember that and just loving it, but it's scary. It's oh, got, absolutely it's, it is. You know, and so I think that was my first watching while scared Four as a five. five-year-old past my bedtime at eight or nine o'clock seeing that. And that must have been the first time you saw a Vincent Price thing. Yeah, like Vincent Price, I mean, directed by John Landis, who directed mm. American Werewolf in London, you know, so with real scary zombies, it happened to be goofy dancing zombies but still <laughs> and it played to the tributes like it, it had zombies it had a werewolf it had the teenagers in the 50s going to a scary movie all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. michael jackson michael yeah, jackson yeah. all the scary <laughs> stuff <Absolutely>. man <laughs> and i remember how different a world can turn in a few decades oh. when i was a kid i don't think i've told this story on here before i remember being six or seven years old and some rich kid got the michael jackson red 
yeah. zipper jacket for Christmas. Amazing. Cool. And I looked this up in like nineteen eighty three dollars. It was two hundred dollars. Wow, jeez. So what's that today? Like seven hundred dollars? Yeah, well, like, at least six, I would think. So, and that kid, I just remember them. This little seven year old kid with this jacket that their parents. <laughs> $200. And that's also a small jacket, too, if he's yeah, seven, right? Yeah, so. And I remember looking at it, unironically, unfacetiously, being like, that's the coolest kid I've ever seen. Absolutely. And I don't think there's a, a parallel today. Like, is there a celebrity yes, there is. with a jacket? Yes. Who is it today? Well, there's that incident with Lee and his Star Wars jacket. Oh, yeah. So then there's <laughs> that type that's of... That's up there. And Drive, it, that jacket's pretty good, too. Yeah. You've got the Scorpion cool... I don't know. I bet you... Yeah. I can't pull it off, but... I, mean, I bet you there's, cool. like, a Korean boy band who oh, has God. a line of shoes... <laughs> Everywhere. ...that a bunch of 13-year-olds are paying... are wanting to pay $300 for or something. There must be, right? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was so cool when they had the shoes. I think it was the LA Gears that had the lights in the back. Oh, for sure. They yeah. still exist. They I, made I'm a comeback. Not they made, like, a slight comeback a few <laughs> months ago. At the time, they were so cool, but then in retrospect, you're also like, well, if you were trying to run away from someone at night, you're really screwed oh, at that point. Up like, the creek without a paddle. But coming back to Thriller, just oh, a yeah, side I note, always. I purchased an autographed picture of Vincent Price last what? week. What? Amazing. It's going to go on my desk. What makes it even better is that it was made out to Sam. Oh, and no. My God, I, I'm just thrilled. I love I'm stuff. absolutely I'm thrilled. thrilled. Uh, yes, I'm that, <laughs> that, that happened to me with my sister, and it was a Mr. Dress Up record. It was to Jennifer, you know, love Mr. Dress Up, and they were selling it at Vertigo, and it was, I think it was like five or ten bucks. Oh absurd. And I was like, yes, please, yes, yes, yes. And I got it framed, and I gave it to her for Christmas. Did and she it's just... enjoy Mr. Dress Up? Or did... Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. That was, like, if It'd be I'm... hilarious if she had no idea. <laughs> Actually, that's even better. <laughs> But yes. unfortunately, she was also a fan, so Good. it was a perfect Good. gift. But that's amazing. That's that is like way better though. Like Vincent Price is like the Mr. Dressup of the world. In a oh, way. for he, well, he's he was of my, my Vincent Price. Yeah, my my Mr. Dressup. <laughs> yeah, exactly yes, for sure. Which Vincent is it? Is it like older, distinguished it's mustache Vincent? Older, mustached Vincent in a smoking jacket holding a skull. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> ah. Can you take a picture so we can I share will. it? Oh, yeah. Uh, of course. Share it with our social media? That's yeah, amazing. That's, I need to find a, to, a to Eric one. I mean, it's possible. There must be. Yeah. There must like be. It's a fairly common name, you know? Like, I mean, thinking. he was signing autographs for a couple decades yeah that's there, there must have been at least one eric to e even like yeah. that would be fine i mean whatever like yeah e -L. <laughs> well this will this story already blew the minds of a friend of ours who lives in los angeles because you kind of forget that local television especially in the 70s and 80s did not travel did not go out mm. so when i was a kid right before i was born i believe and it didn't last long because they filmed some ridiculous amount of episodes because I believe it was on a few times a week. There was a show that filmed in, if I remember correctly, Hamilton, Ontario called The Hilarious House of Frightenstein. Yeah, of course. And it was a, I guess a Saturday morning or after school yeah, show. I don't know. But in like a few months, they just shot like crazy, got 180 episodes and they just reran them forever. So some stations would show it once a Saturday, and that would be four years of programming. So to me, it felt like a show like The Simpsons that has been on for 30 years. And then you look it up and you're like, what? It was it was like filmed from 1974 to 1975. Like, like that's it. That's it. They paid Vincent Price X amount of dollars to fly up to Hamilton. And I believe for a very small period of time, like for like a five-day work week, for five days, he worked like five, eight-hour days and just filmed intros and bumpers and little catchphrases. So it would be all these kind of like tales from the crypt, like boils and ghouls or mm. welcome to the show. Or he'd read like a little Edgar Allan Poe poem. Mm -hmm. And they took these little segments. So he's in every single episode. That's so I got Vincent Price from Thriller, House of Frightenstein, which only aired on Ontario television. And The Muppet Show. He did an episode of The Muppet Show. So that was What my... about the Scooby-Doo series? And the Scooby-Doo series, yeah. Yes, the right. 13 Ghosts. That was him as himself. As kind of, yeah. As a... What did he do? Did he 
send them on the mission he yeah and he like i i don't know he gave them the chest or something or yes. like yeah he was some type of wizard yeah <laughs> and it was just vincent price it was just vincent price and there is that episode of the simpsons mm, where yeah. he has an egg painting kit yeah that's and it's his uh it's his, his like, nephew, nephew jody it's so good yeah we it, were just talking about so that so good yeah he's incredible like i don't know how i don't have an autograph photo already this has spurned me yeah like i couldn't live up to that that particular photo but well you can't I, live I, up to much period era. But i remember it's, it's funny like thinking about what and i think about this too with peter cushing and star wars i remember seeing you know like edward scissorhands and seeing like frightenstein and stuff like this where it's this, this guy and you gravitate to him and you're like this guy's cool but you have no clue he had this 30 year career or even longer of all this other stuff that you're just not old enough to have known about and then filling in those gaps like like donald pleasance like all these guys you know where you're just like oh my god like peter cushing especially like it well like obviously vincent price but it's just so weird to me to think, you know, you grow up as a kid and you're just like, oh, Star Wars, wow, this guy. And then you're like, what? Other movies? And it's like a hundred other roles. And- I watched a movie this week and I won't remember the name of it for the life of me, but it was one of his early movies. And he played alongside the guy who played Blofeld in You Only Live oh, yeah. Twice. And they're like grave robbers or something oh. of the sort. And it was man. a fancy old school movie. yeah is i know that burke and hair it's no. like the same concept same but, I, I, but uh yeah oh my god i've definitely seen that and i can't because i went on a spree like at one point just watching all the early stuff oh for sure it and, was it, it blew my mind <laughs> yeah it was great especially yeah when they when they cross but there's a really good one i like called comedy of terrors it's legit hilarious it has uh, peter laurie's in it as well nice yeah and so and it's, peter and it, yeah and so it's, it has like you know three of these main you know main of the horror set type guys yeah Yeah, exactly and it's just i just love seeing like stuff like that especially these like these grand like almost like all-star pictures you know that they don't make anymore and it's just a totally different genre now but fun thing to know about peter laurie is that he started off as an actor and somewhat of a jazz opera singer in (laughs) weimar berlin in the 20s that's that is he was like a classically trained german actor I mean, like that doesn't shock me. The no. jazz singing part yeah. kind of does, but like it's yeah. And his voice is constantly cracking, but it's perfect because of you know it's Peter Lorre. I know, I yeah. love him. Like he's so he's so great at you know what he does and like a hundred percent. And which sounds like almost like faint praise, but it's not like no, no. But it's true. A hundred percent. He was a genius character actor. Mm-hmm. Oh, What's God. really nice about Vincent Price, Donald Pleasance, Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee. A lot of B stuff in their resumes for sure. Mm -hmm. But what's nice about those guys is they never stopped working and they never stopped being loved. Mm -hmm. And you look up right to the end, like Christopher Lee being in Tim Burton movies and Star Wars movies and Lord of the Rings and Vincent Price, his last role getting to be this love letter to him in Edward Scissorhands, all this kind of stuff. It's the opposite of, I get so sad thinking of someone like Ed Wood worked so hard and Mm. did all these things and he's loved after the like he's immortal now like people will always continue to watch plan nine and glenn or glenda but there's some of these actors who it's that sad like they didn't get that glorious finale Mm -hmm. so it's, it's really nice with vincent price of whether it be in thriller or Muppet Show or whatever, or even just goofy stuff like doing board game commercials or, or like yeah. he kept working his whole career in, like sure. what like until he was he what was he like ninety five when he oh, did yeah. he Edward was, Scissorhands yeah like, very old so he passed away in nineteen ninety three though yeah that I know yeah randomly and it but. was impressive like he still he just I love that he was essentially kept alive by the love of his fans you know like he just it meant so much to him to be even this these silly ads you know because he was in so many ads but he brings it every time he doesn't mail it in you know like because he knew how, how much his you know mystique I guess meant to people and he embraced the image he had created mm-hmm. as well right mm-hmm. I mean I don't know if Ed Wood would appreciate why he is remembered i always think about that as well For it's like sure. it's like good news bad news <laughs> <laughs> like even this upcoming friday the 30th there's a really interesting group of comedians i'm not even gonna remember them all but it's like dana gould maria bamford i think keegan michael key mm. jonah ray they're doing a zoom live read of plan nine that's Amazing. Where it's going to be like 20 comedians in their 20 homes 
I believe with like musical accompaniment and some, it says on it, on the ad, like with special effects. So like probably there's gonna be somebody's <laughs> zoom camera with like, you oh know, Kai plates flying by oh or something. Oh my God. That's But amazing. so it's like, yeah, it's like good news is in the year 2020, a group of very talented comedians are going to get together on Halloween Eve mm-hmm. and a bunch of people are going to tune in and pay 10 bucks and it's going to go to charity and they're going to have a good night. That's the good news. The bad news <laughs> Is we're we're kind of laughing at you, you know, for like, sure. Because he thought he was making great art, a science fiction film, like for a sure. He thought he was making two thousand and one. Yes, but it didn't turn out so no. well. Some would argue that he did, but yes. those are the people who hate two thousand one. So I mean, it's not really fair. That and especially that era where pre becoming a horror guy, and you see you see like a a still frame from it or a poster from it. You're like Vincent was just in a period piece drama. Mm-hmm. Like a number yeah, of he's them. He's a leading man. Like, I mean, he's a good looking guy. You know? And then like, what was it? Like kind of the pit in the pendulum kind of stuff that pretty much put him over to be like horror for the last 30 years yeah, of his life. But he was a very apparently when I got this autograph picture, I kind of looked into Vincent Price a little more besides his horror appeal. But he was a very dashing leading man mm-hmm. on stage for a good part of the beginning of his career the horror didn't really come into play until later on in his life but i would love to look into a vincent price piece in which it isn't horror and that he's you know the romantic lead or mm-hmm. something because i'm sure he would be able to pull it off admirably there's one and i won't remember which one but it's early in his career and he's i think he's young like and it's so weird to see him young because for my life he was always old yes and especially <laughs> when you're a kid when you're five and you look at a 50-year-old, they're 100, you know? Yes. So mm-hmm. for my whole life, he's been, he was old. <laughs> yeah, he yes. was old for 30 years. <laughs> yeah. So you see him at like 25 as a young studio player doing like a... Like a swashbuckler kind of a thing. Swash, or like a yeah. Civil War drama. And, he, and he's wearing like a military thing and he's clean shaven and he's recognizable. But you're like, wow, he had a long career before he became this king of horror for mm-hmm. his twilight and years. he was... Forgive me for saying, absolutely hot. I yeah, mean, right. yeah, yeah. I would have no <laughs> issue with his pit and his pendulum. Man, the what? confidence, especially, just so much. Like, he was just, you know, he knew he was good at what he did. Oh, 100%. And, like, that goes a long way. But, yeah, he's a good-looking guy. He could actually act. Totally. He could sing, probably. Pretty sure. I'm going to go ahead and say that he could, yeah. I, yeah, no. He probably could. I'd go with it. <laughs> no yeah, reason yeah. to doubt that. No. And I think about that now because we're in a different age where I'm sure there's still typecasting and we all know how horrible it is for women. Like they hit 40 and it's like, yep, you can't be in movies Over anymore. And, yeah. and that drives me nuts from like a geek point of view because I'm like, how come Robert Downey Jr. can be Iron Man and Ben Affleck can be Batman and Lucy Lawless is the same age, but she can't be Wonder Woman? That always drives me nuts. Do you That's- know who countered that at some point in life? Who? Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. Oh, yeah. In whatever happened to Baby Jane. Their career was, was over. They were washed up old, mm-hmm. old, old well, yeah, old right. women. Oh, yeah. And it put them on an upswing. They had quite a career after that, but yeah. yeah brilliant movie as well. Yeah, and I thought Feud was an excellent series. I don't know I if you watched that. Feud was hilarious. Yeah, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it because it just it's <laughs> such an interesting story and and I love it's real. Yeah, like, exactly. They were crazy. It's just it's, and I, again talking about like truth stranger than fiction type stuff because that movie alone is incredible and I think a lot of people initially went to see it for the train wreck aspect because they were yes. like oh this is going to be garbage you know you'd hear all about an infighting and all that and it's just an incredible film and it's a very suspenseful movie even nowadays mm-hmm. watching it it's like oh my god my blood pressure but yeah, yeah. when it really came out did, too. did the tabloids know it was a train wreck like while it was filming so people were going to see it to be like oh these people hate each other i'm like they knew the tension like they always had like that kind of back tension between them i think sure was no yeah and it was because tabloids back then were just as terrible as they are now, if not worse. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. And they were very vocal about each other in the tabloids, too. There's some great quotes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, it would be interesting to know what the general consensus was at the time before people were going to see this. But, yeah. Well, that Fun Susan time. Sarandon's in that, right? Yes, she certainly oh, is. Yeah, yeah. And well, Victor, Victor Bono, a little bit of a Batman villain there for you. King Tut. Yes, he's, yes, he's, he's in it. Yeah, he's so yes. good in it too. He's wonderful. And he's another guy that's just not many people know the name, but they're like, oh yeah, that guy's amazing in this. Well, what that. is his name? Victor Buono, B-U-O-N-O. 
It's kind of a Excellent fun name stuff. that always stuck in my head ever For since sure. I was a kid because I was like, that's a, you don't hear that name very often, which no. is the problem. And he was also, I don't know if he was out, but he was like, he's one of the very well-known like vintage queer mm-hmm. actors. Yeah. That's, sure. and that's that was a really interesting part of uh, feud as well yes. like when they touched on that because like i did, clearly i didn't know that when i was younger and a no. huge 60s batman fan and just like man that's what true. a what a what a role like just to just he really like choose the scenery in that role so oh, well and 100%. like my god so we're co-signing all of these great things now all these great we're, things we're name dropping so much great stuff yeah. right now <laughs> these I'm are good loving it. In the early days of the lockdown podcast, it was just us crying and being sad. And now we're just talking about things that are nice and, and we used to be like, lessons. "Where's Sam? We need Yay. Sam." Yeah, and we found him. And I can oh, I can reveal like the worldwide premiere of my cat's new name. Oh yeah, yeah. So he's he's had the name of Kane because he inadvertently inhaled some cocaine as a kitten. Cool. Um, which yeah, I think is a cool backstory. Cat's a drug dealer. People might not find it. You know, they might maybe not tell that story as much. But you know, I'm, oh. I'm me. And, yeah so yes. great great name so he's, he's been Kane up to this point but like you know you want to put your personal stamp on it and have him go with our other cats names you know so we've been kicking a lot of names around some more terrible than others and I kind of wanted to have you know I wanted something that to maybe like honor his past but also like he's got kind of a flashy personality and he's really like individual guy and also I've done previous cat names I had Cat Stevens and Smokey <laughs> Robinson so that bit of you know it's touching on the artist here but we also like our cat puns as you can tell so after some discussion my wife was reluctantly willing to go with Freddie Mercury that's amazing <laughs> Which, that's fantastic right like i thought of it like two nights ago and i was like oh i wonder if i can win this one off because like even just freddie then you get freddie krueger you get the freddie van yes. vliet's for the toronto raptors fans such as myself so it was like a little bit of everything and i was like oh my god i should reveal it because i haven't really like we've i've been posting photos but like we were like the name who knows who knows so i was like i'm gonna reveal it on the podcast then i almost forgot so <laughs> well, good on you for remembering i like it yeah, I, I completely approve i'm glad i've yes. man because I've, I've i love queen and i love like it's like it's that's the thing and, and i mean freddie mercury started off doing blow i'm sure see that's the thing like yes. i couldn't rem- i was like i'm pretty certain that he did coke but i was like i can't remember if i'm just assuming if he did, i had like... to put two dollars and 25 cents <laughs> yeah. on it i would yeah. say he did i was like all due I respect he did. i know when you came up you know there's a lot of fun going around people having uh, a good I, i'm time. certain mr mercury did yes yeah. fill in the blank <laughs> like I and that's fine so did my cat you know so yeah. it's like very good. similar characters in totally. that sense so i was like I, I think this is good i feel like pretty okay about this but i yes as you should okay good so what are you kids doing on halloween i was just Man. gonna say as we're closing in on wrapping up this episode Normally on Halloween, I would be working with you here at the Mayfair. Yes. Oh, yeah. This is the first year in... Ten years. So this long. would have... So crazy. Yes. Yeah, we're closed, so we can't do that. <laughs> Nothing no. here, apparently. And it's been, as you, as ambassador for the Mayfair and Absent Friends, I'm sure you've been getting quite the social media... I'm horrible at this. I've not... That's probably I've, good. like, posted a... It's not happening. It's not happening. <laughs> yeah. And I've just walked away. Yeah, no, it's a thing. It's a shame. I've been just telling people that you, you just got to think positive thoughts and if it's not in october if it's not in november like you guys It'll will be, be back and it will like, be you'll be back like for sure we'll do a january we'll do whatever but like so rocky no. horror is kind of year round for us True. but it, yes and it's well i mean the only thing that really tugs at my heartstring because to be fair not having to stay up till five in the morning and use <laughs> oh like my God. paint thinner to get that so much work. off <laughs> it's kind of okay but what pulls out my heartstrings about it is that it's both the 45th anniversary of the movie as well as it would have been mine and my cast's 10-year anniversary on stage here Mm. so that's kind of like god damn it but other than that i mean personally i get to have an actual halloween costume this year yeah i'm not tim curry for once which is (laughs) not that role anyway well that one yeah you should do clue or muppet treasure (laughs) island or (laughs) so many options Pennywise, oh yeah, it's a thing. But for sure, but are you guys like trick or treating? Or we can't. Is, can't is it canceled? No. I don't. It keeps going back. Halloween and forth. is. Like, it's, it sounds it's like a, a kids show. Well, like our Halloween is canceled. That's like. devastating. Yeah. Devastating. Yeah, well, but it, this, this is like one of those movies where it's like you know the man says it's canceled, so we have a secret dance somewhere that they don't know about. Like it, you, you never know. Well, I mean, I that, keep telling my friends with kids that just kind of like don't even lie to the kids, but just say like, okay, here's the deal. I can get you a bag of candy today. Or... <laughs> sound like a drug dealer. Two <laughs> days from now, I can get you four times the amount... Because, like, from what I understand, the candy isn't going to sell as it once No, of did. course. Of course mm. it won't. So that candy's going to hit 50% off, 75% off at 
your it local grocery is. store oh, yeah. or Walmart, oh, yes. like yeah. the next day. So like November first, you're gonna be able to get a lot more candy for your candy dollar. So just be like, we'll watch Charlie Brown, we'll watch Garfield, Halloween, and then tomorrow we're gonna go and get you some candy. Some serious <laughs> candy for sure. I'm very excited about that portion. As as in every year. But yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, well, nobody's really buying candy, I imagine. So the candy's already been made, right? So like they're gonna have to unload it into my car. I've been car. buying discounted Halloween candy for the past two weeks now. Yeah, wow. and oh, yeah. I've not spent over ten bucks on like a fifty or ninety piece. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh no, no, go for it's it. It's a waste guys. of time. Other than that, you need the oh, fifty no, no. or the ninety. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, it's like twenty five. What? <laughs> what? Wasting my time. Yeah. No time for this at all. Okay. I... Well, one last question. Yes, to sure. You guys. Yeah. What was your favorite Halloween candy? Like mm. opening your trick or treat bag, the best and the worst. I ate a lot of them, and because of my <laughs> age, I don't know if they went extinct. But what do you call just or the little, the little Halloween wrapped both on each end, mm. like like the toffee, yeah, taffy, yeah, yeah, with the like Absolutely. witches the on it and stuff. The witches mean? on it, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I think they made like four warehouses full in 1953. <laughs> I, no, 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 they still make them. I just Man. bought myself a 90 piece okay, there bought, we go. bag of it, and. So I remember great. not liking that, but just eating it. I and used then... to hate them with a passion, <laughs> and now I just can't get enough. Man. Anyways. Yeah, that's sorry. I, I, well, no, I mean, I still have to think about it, to be honest. But I've, I've always been a Tootsie Roll guy, which yeah. is divisive. I know some people don't care for it, but, like, that and Mars Bars, I've always thought, were very good. They're epic. Yeah, because, like, Snickers I like okay, but sometimes, you know, the peanut, it's like you just want to yeah, eat, like, a like, non-peanut. You know, sure. it's right there. You're trying to just enjoy the nougat and whatnot. Yeah. So. So for sure, those worst. I'm, I'm, I gotta go with raisins. You know, no yeah. offense. I mean, what were they raisins? doing? Raisins, yeah, box little, of raisins, little, little box. bullshit boxes what? of raisins. <laughs> yeah, with the woman on it, and she's yeah, got yeah. raisins. Yeah, like that was the thing. I've they never you. gotten raisins. I got before. raisins. Count yourself lucky. I got a toothbrush one year. Like I, I got, got a toothbrush. That's just a, like offensive. <laughs> that's like an expensive trick or treating thing to be <laughs> yeah. giving out. Like buying like it's you a know, troll job. hundred and twenty toothbrushes. It like, may what? have been a dentist that did it. I'm not clearing that. So I assume it was a write off here. Bastard. But like, yeah, the raisins. I mean, I think one year I got an actual like an apple, not a caramel. I have that's gotten a caramel kind of apple, like but just an apple. A fun. Did it have like a razor blade or something in it? it unfortunately, no. I didn't even get a free razor blade. It just. Had, like it was an apple unwashed Jesus. probably but that's my favorite that never 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 has there been an actual police report i know yes. <laughs> never of, yes. of a razor blade apple. yes so it's purely just the thing i think it's a thing of like parents trying to steal candy like oh i don't know those m&ms look uh-huh. suspicious uh-huh. i need to uh-huh. take those but i find that fascinating that the closest it's come to as i know a couple times there was they found something, but it was like dumb teenagers yes. like yeah. saying like, hey, look, I found this. But I think it, I had read about that a few years ago, and that came up with the whole like 80s stranger danger mm-hmm. thing. Oh, prior yeah. Prior to that, it was just like... Free for all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think prior to that, too, it was like you would get brownies or homemade cookies, oh, yeah. that kind Bourbon. of thing. Bourbon. <laughs> we needed. I used to get sometimes a full can of pop. Did yeah, you get those, that? What? Yeah, Which I never was, got that. And I was saying this to a guy at work, and he said the same thing. He was like, "I never got pop," and I was I, like, yeah. "Yeah, you wouldn't they get would like make, a ton, but no, you know. but they would make the bag heavy." That's what I said yeah. to him. I was like, "It was a mixed blessing because on the one hand, That's you're like sweet can of pop, but then you're like, well, shit, I can't lift this anymore." I one year, and I still don't understand, <laughs> but it was a freezy. Okay. What? But it wasn't frozen. It was liquid, so okay. you had to like. Put it so in. There's the some freezer. work that came with that. Yeah, but like, why? That's why? so interesting. Like, just like I never got a freezer. I think I. I yeah. just want to hope well, that they ran out of stuff. Like a plastic pouch with freezy liquid in it. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah that's like a getting know. a that thing of Kool Aid packets or something. Like you know, you're like, that well, thank was... you, but I'm not now. I'm doing the work. Like, come on. What point is this? No, is that a treat? Like that's a trick at that point. It is. Well, <laughs> I guess it is. It's kind of like a tricky treat. <laughs> they showed you, I guess. Like I don't burn. I have a few comic pro friends who back in the day, if you say worked for DC Comics, you got all the DC Comics. Mm. If you were a freelance person, and sometimes I think if you worked for Archie or Marvel, you just got everything. That sounds like a dream until you realize that as a comic buyer, you buy a couple books a month and there's dozens you don't care about. Yes. So I have friends who would give them out at Halloween. And that's pretty cool. That's awesome. They get like a full, and it would just be like all these Archies, all these Batman stuff that (laughs) they didn't want to read and just like bam, bam, bam. So full-blown comic books to give away. Wow. That, I think that's pretty cool. That's next I level. I think you need to be 
somewhat of a geek yeah <laughs> appreciate that there's probably kids who got I home be like, be like comic what? book i've yeah. got to read i can't yeah, eat this what at least a toothbrush i could have used you know like this is outrageous <laughs> jesus but it is a cool idea and very clever mm-hmm. yes yeah. recycling yes that's very yeah. good i like I, I appreciate it and it's upcycling you know and i find mm. like that's good for christmas like i've had a few things where i've ended up with a bunch of excess comics and then you give those to niece or nephews and they're like oh my god because i felt the same way when i was a kid if someone gave you a stack of comics you know you're just like what free comics stack mm. reading fun you can't get a full sentence out. you're just your brain's broken already what a sad childhood you both must have had. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember like 80s trick-or-treating, I would have, and it's weird, like the mind of a kid, like I thought we were trick-or-treating for six hours. But no, that doesn't make sense because I remember we'd go to my grandparents' house in the suburbs of Gloucester, a lot of old people in the neighborhood, and I had a pillowcase, my Return of the Jedi pillowcase, mm. would fill it twice, and it was a lot of candy. Oh yeah, man. So we would do the hood, and it would be... I would guess between, what, like six and eight, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I remember sometimes getting home and then watching the Garfield Halloween special or something. So it was two hours, yeah. but it felt like, like forever. forever. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, it feels like work at times, too, because there's certain times where you're like, oh, man, I've done this so many times. When you're like, ah, candy, though. Like, it's, well, just... <laughs> it's so much. Were the neighborhoods you trick-or-treated in busy? Were they decorated? Oh, yeah, they, yeah, super busy. And I think a lot of grandkids, a lot mm. of, like, and just... And yeah, busy, like seemingly dozens of kids. Sometimes you'd have to like do that wait thing because like six kids went in front of you. So you had to kind of give them their... Not socially distancing. No. Bastards. No. (laughs) uh, Yeah. So I don't know if it's just a kid perception thing or the reality of it. My neighborhood as a child, every house was decorated. Like the streets were so jammed and it wasn't that big a neighborhood. It's kind of like in, in the middle of nowhere by... Chelsea and the Gatineau Park. The streets were so packed with people, the police had to like patrol, Whoa, and wow. the police were giving stuff out. And all tickets the mostly. <laughs> <laughs> and the neighboring neighborhoods were also just as decked out. And hmm. I haven't seen a neighborhood fully decorated like that in a very long time. That's mm-hmm. changed a lot. Yeah. And so, what is, is this? Cyclical. All the kids who were trick or treating then are growing up and aren't decorated like mm-hmm. i think even i don't know pre- i'm sad about it covid yeah. times i think a lot more kids might have been going to like community center parties oh my god how i think lame yeah but i don't know like this neighborhood around the mayfair my friends used to live here when they had trick-or-treating aged kids and i went one night with them just to go and they scored full-size mm. oh, chocolate bars say, yeah. yeah like we got some rich rich folks in this hood man and so that still existed but <laughs> I always remember, though, it would be like a cul-de-sac of senior citizens just giving you handfuls of candy, and there'd be one dark house. Yeah, always that one With no decorations, and you could see just maybe like the glow of a TV watching a like a hockey game. What's on during (laughs) Halloween time? Yeah, yeah, something that's not scary. And I always like had this image in my mind of like the grandma being like, oh dear, let's just give him like, no, not on my watch, you know. So there'd always be that one house out of 80 that was not playing yeah well, well we, that's uh, why you need the toilet paper and eggs yeah oh, that, that's yeah, yeah that's well, when the tricking happens i grew up yeah. in the country so like we ours was more of a trek we had to get You're from what around. now i grew up in the country <laughs> oh okay yeah yeah and so we were getting driven around and whatever and i remember one house in particular like i'll never forget this and it was like next to a cemetery which is the other reason cool. i remember it because it was pretty cool but like they didn't really the same thing they didn't really have a lot of lights on but like we kind of stopped because it was along the road so like whatever and so we go we knock on the door and you can see a light and then gradually someone gets closer it's kind of spooky to be quite honest and then she opens the door and i'm like trick or treat and she was like oh we don't have candy we're all sick here (laughs) and it was like a total horror movie she didn't mean it scarily but like it just was i felt kind of sad for them like it was just like two uh, older couple here it's like we're all the plague yeah like what an odd i'm a kid like i don't just say i don't have candy like i don't i don't know what to do with this information you know so that is kind of sad i kind of forgot that moment like sad childhood memory yeah like i haven't thought of that in like 20 years so like (laughs) it's probably better to suppress that yes we're all sick here we're all dead here like oh god this is really bad oh gosh so we're gonna wrap up this epic length episode (laughs) but we're gonna like that give a shout out to our absent friends both viewers and participants we'll see them 
and next we're Halloween or sooner. Living up to our name as your absent as can be for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, happy Halloween, folks. Yeah, you too. It's the Thank best you. of the year. You know, the best holiday. Some would it's say. Cert- it, some would say. Yeah, yeah. The best well, of I, us I'm would trying say. to be nice to the podcast land. You know, like they might not say, but we would. We will. Yeah. And I'm going to blatantly self-promote because I have two comic books coming out. Mm. Yes, you do. And one is a short story in an anthology called Flip through Marcosia Press. Marcosia Publishing? Press or Publishing? Oh, no, I don't know. Don't screw this up. Oh, I screwed up. But that, <laughs> that's out there now. You can get that at big box places like Chapters and Amazon and your local bookstore. Not that I'm any less excited <laughs> about that. Because that You're is really I'm excited about. it to Marcosa or whatever. Yeah, that take, was. Take, that, <laughs> take that anthology. But I co-wrote and co-created a comic called Damn Cursed Children. And it is a horror story where kids go crazy and start killing everybody. It looks hmm. terrifying. Yeah. It's been years we started working on this so long ago it's gone through a very talented artist who took a long time to get this work done that we can't blame him for because it looks great it's beautiful it went through publishers who were interested in not went through a time where not to make light of it where down in the states bad things happened with children being killed at schools and stuff and then, yes and then yes. we had people saying people don't want to read books where of course stuff happens with kids but it's happening, and it blows my mind. I'm, I'm very, we'll get verklempt about it, but it's, it's the first thing I've worked on, whether it be independent film or writing, where somebody else is handling a lot of the work. And for those not in the know of comic books, there's a thing called previews, which is this mm. giant phone book size catalog that comes out every month that has every comic book from horror to Archie, every t-shirt to action figure. So this is my first creative work that is in Previews Magazine. With your name well, in it. With my name in it. With a little W beside it for writer. Wow. Amazing. And, and winner. I showed that. Oh. And winner. <laughs> and I showed that to Gwen and I was so geek proud where she proclaimed, you're in Previews? Like she knew. Because my Zomkies work is very kind of small publisher, just doing it all ourselves. Every little sale we make is great. This is available in all bookstores around North America and further. Man, so that's crazy. You can go to your local comic store and ask for Damn Cursed Children from Source Point Press. And it's a five-issue miniseries that will eventually be collected into a big fat comic book. Nice. So it's being solicited now. It kind of works well where we get to talk about it around Halloween time. Which is perfect. Issue one comes out in January and then it's all done. And I think very smart from the publisher because I'm sure they get screwed from artists and writers on this a lot where they're like, yeah, I've got most of my stuff done for my five issue miniseries. This is done. It is lettered. It is penciled and inked. It is done. So January, February, March, April, May. And then I don't know how long the wait will be after that. I almost think they should wait and release the big fat comic book for Halloween 2021. So, yeah, so you can get it. I appreciate everybody buying it. Do you have a say in that? Like, can you say it must be published on Halloween 2021? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not getting cocky here. Not I'm like, I'm like you, you guys do <laughs> what you want. I'll tell them all about yeah. it in that case. God damn it. But I'm going to be talking about this a lot for the next few months because should. it's a good old-fashioned monthly comic book That's so cool. for five months. So, so like I said, January, February, March, April, May, it'll be on the store shelves. And then after that, we'll go out to the the big chapters type stores and Amazon and libraries. And so it gives me something to talk about that I'm very excited for. And it is cinematic. Like if you look at issue number one, it is a shining tribute. And there's one of the issues coming up as a tribute to the night of the living dead remake poster. Mm. And it's very easy comics and comic books in general are cinematic because they're just storyboards really. But if you like horror movies, if you like the kind of cool Mayfair stuff we show, you'll like it. Will they be available alongside your popcorn? You know, that's the difference is I'm not making these. Yeah, true. No, but so I'm going to get some comp copies, but really the best way to get it would be is yes. go to the comic store. And that helps us too, because again, not to get cocky, but my friend Howard and I already have a sequel in mind. Mm. So we would like another five issue miniseries a couple of years For from sure. now or a year from now. Every little sale helps. And it's just another example of social media being nice after years of shutting up about this i got to a day ago put it up on facebook and twitter and instagram and just people being so excited about it and one of my uncles bless his heart said well i don't read comic books but i'll be buying this and i was like oh not geeks doing a geek thing and i'm picturing all my like uncles and aunts and stuff phoning up comic stores and being like 
I have this order code, and the publisher is this. Can I get this? And, Looking for damn hell-ass kids or yeah. something. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> so that's so nice. And already some local comic stores are going to be upselling it and stuff. Mm. And it's just a... You dream know, come true. It's a I dream guess. come yes, true. For like, sure. Doing Zomkies was a dream come true. Doing a few anthology digital comics was a dream come true. But this, somebody who isn't us saying, we want to publish your book. We want to put it out there. And that it is available much easier. If you're at a comic store in Vancouver or Philadelphia or Los Angeles, you can get this book without me sending it to you in the mail. So that I'm, has its certain naive charm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Both yes. good. Both good. Yeah. Yes. And hopefully you can name drop this on your next interviews about the Mayfair. <laughs> like... it, it's going to tie in really well <laughs> yeah. because if I do a radio interview or a podcast interview, it'll be Josh Stafford, co-owner of the Mayfair Theater. That's a, yes. I'm going to get Ian to put out a press release as such. It'll be like one of our partners at the Mayfair Theater has this book out, you know, so it's it's pretty cool. I'm very excited. Man, comic book creator. Though. You used to be comic book enthusiast. Now you're creator, creator. and writer. I'm ready to sell out. I don't care. All the I'm ready to sell out. <laughs> yeah. And we want to be in the series when you actually make the TV version of this. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, keep us in mind. You'll get killed by some children. Yeah. Chill. Cool. We always knew very it would end like that. Cool. Okay, this is going to be our longest episode. It's so worth it. So let's actually wrap this up. Okay. Thanks to our friends at House of Targ, who are also sadly closed for Halloween, but on weekends you can go in and get takeout for their pierogies and stuff. Support local as much as you can, whether it's a restaurant or a bookstore, or if you're in another city that has a cinema that's open right now, like in Vancouver, go see the cool stuff they're screening. And we love you, and we look forward to having you back. We'll just have a belated Halloween. We're always showing horror movies, so we'll just have a November ween or January ween or yeah, something. All the weens. All the weens. <laughs> all of them. Thanks, Sam. We'll have you back on soon. Thank you so much yeah. for having me, guys. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. I was so surprised when we found at the end that the DA was setting up the killer kids. Yeah. What a twist. <laughs> we are bringing you an eyewitness account of what's happening on the Wilmoth Farm, Grover's Mill, New Jersey. We now return you to Carl Phillips at Grover's Mill. Ladies and gentlemen, am I on? Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, here I am, back of a stone wall that adjoins Mr. Wilmoth's garden. From here, I get a sweep of the whole scene. I'll give you every detail as long as I can talk and as long as I can see more state police have arrived. They're drawing up a cordon in front of the pit. About 30 of them. No need to push the crowd back now. They're willing to keep their distance. The captain's conferring with someone. Can't quite see who. Oh, yes, I believe it's Professor Pearson. Yes, it is. Now, now they've parted, and the professor moves around one side, studying the object while the captain and two policemen advance with something in their hands. I can see it now. It's a white handkerchief tied to a pole. Flag of truce. Those creatures know what that means. What anything means. Wait a minute, something's happening. Humped shape is rising out of the pit. I can make out a small beam of light against a mirror. What's that? There's a jet of flame springing from the mirror and it leaps right at the advancing men. It strikes them head on. Lord, they're turning into flames. Now the whole field's caught up by the woods. The fires, the, the gas tanks, tanks of the automobiles spreading everywhere. Coming this way now, about 20 yards to my right. Ladies and gentlemen, due to circumstances beyond our control, we are unable to continue the broadcast from Grover's Mill. Evidently, there's some difficulty with our field transmission. However, we will return to that point at the earliest opportunity. In the meantime, we have a late bulletin from San Diego, California. Professor Indelkoffer, speaking at a dinner of the California Astronomical Society, expressed the opinion that the explosions on Mars are undoubtedly nothing more than severe volcanic disturbances on the surface of the planet. We continue now with our piano interlude.